0: I suppose they uh, told you anything in denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970 i hired a man named charles grady is the winter caretaker so from what i've been told i mean he seemed like a completely normal individual but at some point during the winter he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown he ran a muck. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luckdaw Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today we're discussing The Shining, 1980, directed by Stanley Kubrick, written by uh, Stephen King. This two-hour and 26-minute movie, written by Stephen King, screenplay by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson, Um most people know this notoriously as Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall's, and Danny Lloyd's movie. However, this is also adapted very much by, uh, from Stephen King's novel, The Shining, and uh, here is the synopsis. A family heads to an isolated hotel for winter where a sinister presence influences the father into violence, where his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. So, Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance, Shelley Duvall's Wendy, Danny Lloyd's Danny, Scat Cruthers, Scatman Cruthers as Dick Halloran, um, and Philip Stone is Grady, and uh, Joe Turkle is Lloyd. So, Everyone knows that this is one of the most uh, talked about horror films and referenced horror films of all time. Uh, The performances in this are transcendent. Uh, Jack Nicholson looks absolutely insane from the first frame. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, from the first frame, you realized has an absolute eye for film and cinematography and just beautiful. Uh, landscapes, um, and you're in, you know, you're in for a treat. The casting, like I said, the music is amazing. Let me see, the music does a lot of the lifting, honestly, in this, because I don't actually think this movie is that scary. It's more suspenseful. Uh, the composers are Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind, um, but it, it's phenomenal, to be honest. Um, the atmosphere in this, like I said, it's more suspense than it is horror, so you don't see terribly too much uh, blood, guts, and gore in this. But the atmosphere and the way that you are you don't know what's going to happen, that's, that's what you're gearing for. The camera work, like I said, Stanley Kubrick, he's probably most notable for this movie because of the camera work and the, the location, the Overlook. The Overlook Hotel is very much uh, a character within this movie. Um, so there's... I think it's called Room 237 or 238. Uh, I kind of forgot which one it was, but uh, there's a documentary on The Shining, and uh, a lot of people kind of refer to it when talking about uh, The Shining. Let me see. Room... Is it Room 237? 238? 237, I believe. Yeah, and that is a documentary on... uh, And... It's an interpret, there's different interpretations of Stanley Kubrick's, uh, the film The Shining. Um, I'm not, I have not seen that, so I'm not really gonna talk about it. Most of this is just strict impressions and, uh, what I saw on the screen. I've, I fucking love this movie. I think it's, uh, one of the best movies to demonstrate what you can do on, uh, a, a, in, a, in a bottle film. Um, I know it was kind of a relatively big movie in comparison at the time for just that little of uh, those little actors. It was a $19 million, went on to gross $44 million. I think that was the opening weekend. Um, but yeah, the, uh, this movie goes on uh, on the shelf as one of the best. Uh, the camera work, like I said, can't say enough good things about it. Um so I'm not going to talk too much about like what I think the interpretation of the movie is, really. I'm just going to talk about uh, plots and whatnot. Certain things happen in this movie that cannot be explained without saying they're supernatural. So yeah, there's a supernatural element to this. Um, I honestly think that what Bald Move said a couple years back on their review is that the music does most of the lifting for it, and I I kind of agree. They they spoke about the interpretation of The Shining is completely changed if you change the music, because originally they had the 1980s synth track in the back, which would have really dated this movie. I think that the use of classical music is what brings it uh, and enables it to, to be played at any time and not just send you back to a certain time. Because when you're watching it, it doesn't feel like you're sent back to, like... A certain specific time it just feels like just some kind of vague sense of uh, presence and maybe early uh, mid 1900s um, but yeah I was just like this is so good and you can see directors like Robert Edgars on the lighthouse and uh, Ari aster and hereditary and midsummer some are um, yeah I think that You can see the influences that Kubrick's left, I mean, for many, many years. So yes, undoubtedly, The Shining is one of the most memorable, most atmospheric, most transcendent pieces of media of all time. The performances like uh, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, even Young Danny... All are amazing. And Kubrick behind the camera. Uh, and who was on the... Uh, two seconds. Why is shining? Uh, okay, so... And uh, who do we have Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind on the music. It's all phenomenal. Now, let's uh, talk about this in proximity to his other work real quick. Now, The Shining was his third-to-last movie, Kubrick's third-to-last movie. I've seen Full Metal Jacket a long time ago, but uh, let's just kind of go back, rewind of his last few movies. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut, 99, his very last movie, uh, Kubrick's last movie, for $65 million. I know it was uh, very much talked about. I don't know the critical reception on it. I think most people find it in decently high regard. I know that it almost drove Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman crazy. Um, full Metal Jacket in 87, almost 10, 12 years before. Um, or over 10 years, sorry. For $30 million, Full Metal Jacket. I remember that movie traumatizing me as a young boy or a young man. I know we were probably like... 12 or 13. it was all the guys were you know hanging out playing video games and then we just sat up and watched a movie for the night and we ended up watching Full Metal jacket and I was like, God dang this is this is insane And uh, I just remember that really leaving an impression on me. I need to go back and really look at it for more uh, cinematic marital value. but the shining, the third to last movie that he produced. For nineteen million dollars, and seven years before, uh, eight metal of uh, Full Metal Jacket, um, he really did take some time in between his movies. It seemed that uh, Stanley Kubrick didn't like to go into project to project in his later years, um, as opposed to his earlier years, he had a movie coming out almost every two years, um, so, yeah, The Shining absolutely transcendent the only problem in my in my personal opinion this is may not be universal for everybody um and i think that uh, Stephen king actually was pointing some of this out as well um i'm not exactly sure if this was what his problem was with the movie Stephen king notoriously does not agree with how uh the shining was interpreted uh adapted by stanley kubrick so the my main problem would be the fact that we never see this family as a consolidated unit we never really see them working together and being happy as a family so we're kind of thrown into this world almost immediately from the first shot the first helicopter like shot it, it's it's amazing to see however you know, if we're starting the story out with them driving directly into, uh, I think it was Colorado or something like that, and they're not really showing anything that happens before, we're not exactly sure, you know, if this family was ever really, you know, um, a happy family. It, it It's very well possible that given what we le- what we learned throughout the movie that something terrible happened and they've been, you know, they haven't been on the same page ever since. Um, let me write that down. Okay. So, uh, let me see anything else we want to talk about. Yeah. The, the, that's my main issue with this. It feels slightly abrupt to see, um, the main character kind of loses mind, and it mostly seems like has he always been losing his mind, or has he been on the verge of losing his mind, or what? You know, what's kind of going on here? So, that that's my main essential issue, and I'm also reviewing this movie mostly because uh, Doctor Sleep is coming out this week, and we've already reviewed it, and we've released the review for Doctor Sleep as well. Um, I want to say that it's probably going to be top 10 of the year, in my opinion, um, on my list, at least, but it, uh, definitely is an interesting sequel to this, which I think I have stated enough that, you know, young Danny, um, the child actor's name is, what is his name? Danny Lloyd, um, was amazing. I can't believe this kid did not continue to go on to act, or his folks just decided to put him in this traumatizing ass movie with Stanley Kubrick directing, and uh, Jack Nicholson going crazy. So I can't believe that Danny Lloyd did not continue to go act after this, uh, you know, amazing movie that he's in. I mean, he's an amazing young actor. He is able to put on so many different performances. Um, you know, he's kind of has this, like, possessed, um, voiced, and he does this little finger movement that I'm pretty sure is advertised. This was, that was his idea, to do the little finger, when he's, um, kind of acting like another persona. It is... It's amazing to see what this kid can do. So let's talk in spoilers real quick about The Shining. I mean, if you know anything about The Shining, it's you know the transcendence of this man going into going into madness, and the majority of the movie is revolving around dealing with uh, abuse and uh, I would say isolation and loneliness, as well as I guess being overworked in a way I I, I want to say that probably Stephen King and his um, and Stanley Kubrick probably see themselves parts of themselves as this writer um, in some parts so as Jack Nicholson's character in some ways but also they see themselves possibly as Danny in some ways so um, yeah, along with the, like I said the camera work like, the tracking shots of Danny going down the halls. How did they even do that in the seventies? I feel like the cameras were probably the size of cars back then, and I don't, I don't even know how they got it down the halls and you know got it uh, to that degree. So let's jump into spoilers right now. So at the very end of The Shining, we're in spoiler section. We see a photo of Jack Nicholson in a nineteen twenty is it a 1928 photograph of uh, him at a party that looks like the party that he's been attending the entire time. It's kind of the mind bender that you would expect Kubrick to pull on you, but uh, I'm assuming this is what happens at the end of the... Actually, no, it does not happen at the end of the movie and, uh, sorry, at the end of the book, because I believe at the end of the book, uh, the, the hotel is burnt down or it's in flames of some sort. So there is a slight difference in the, the movie and in the way the book end. But, um, okay. So he is in a photograph of the Overlook Hotel, July 4th, Ball, 1921, and so it's kind of hard to tell if he is been ingrained into the hotel, like the hotel has like absorbed his soul, or if he's always been part of the hotel. So there's kind of this mind bender that you don't know what exactly is going on. Is 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 uh, is Jack Nicholson? Uh, a ghost is—is is Jack Torrance a ghost? Um, so there, there's very much uh, that question going on. Um, there are small details with like the—I uh, think there's there's like moon landing references going on throughout the entire movie. Two two thirty seven is a moon reference. Uh, the Danny Danny is wearing a shirt that is a moon reference um, holy, holy fuck, I don't know why IMDb shows some of the most iconic imagery on The Shining on their page, and one of it is Jack Frozen, it's like, fucking spoiler alert, (laughs) jeez, like, come on now, um, two hours and 26 minutes seems pretty appropriate for this movie, to be honest, it, it, uh, I probably could have watched a little bit more, but it just would have felt a little bit, you know, just strung out, uh, Let's talk about the small details in the background of the the Overlook Hotel. There's no way I'm going to be able to cover it all. I'm uh, mostly because I'm exhausted right now, but uh, there's there's just so many small little minute details, references and things that uh, you'll catch, go, you know, rewatching it over and over. One of the things is the 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 caretaker uh, played by Philip Stone who plays Grady, the racist ass Grady who spills that shit on uh, Jack Torrance, and takes him to the bathroom, and starts talking about, you know, uh, Scatman, Crothers, characters, Halloween is coming to, uh, you know, is coming to save, you know, the kids, and you need to do something about it, and they need to be corrected, corrected, and it's like, was, it's like, wait, hold on a second, what, is, Grady, the father who corrected, quote unquote, corrected his twin daughters, who we see standing in the middle of the hallway of the overlook at some point, is, is you know, did, did he take an axe to his twin daughters and his wife and correct them and quote unquote, correct them? Uh, I was just like, this dude is creepy as buck. Like this is some next level uh, creepery, especially with what's going on with the bathroom. Um, you know, this it looks like they're standing in the middle of hell, and that's where they're really corrupting uh, Jack Torrance's uh, integrity, I guess. Because it's not too too much later that they they really get uh, they really get crazy. But um, I completely forgot about the part where. Jack is just kind of slowly going into madness. So let's kind of go along with the little, um, the little stuff about the uh, what's it called, uh, Jack's craziness, how he's um, kind of going descent into madness, and so the small little details that you see uh, that Kubrick puts in there, or who, I guess, the team, the, the production design, whoever, I don't want to just credit Cooper because I know that he's probably the main guy, but there's probably so many other people that were on the production that um, chose some of this, but anyways, showing Jack's descent into madness just uh, is really fucking creepy, and I, I can't say too much more about it than, you know, the the looks that he gives, those eyebrows, those eyes, him just staring outside while his family is just, you know, uh going, you know, flouncing around and whatnot. And then you see him saying, you know, I'll never hurt you to his son with his uh um while he's sitting on his, you know, lap and it's just extremely unsettling in these scenes. Also, the lady in the bathtub, she, like I said, I think that that's probably an illusion towards uh, abuse or sexual abuse, or possibly infidelity, could be one or the other. The thing is, it's like a rotting old lady, so I'm not really sure what that would have to do with infidelity, but it it possibly could be a ghost uh, uh, trying to influence him, no idea. Anyways. What else do we have to cover? Uh, I mean, that's basically his descent. I forgot that he got bopped over the head by Shelly, by his wife, and taken into the pantry where I'm pretty sure... Yeah, yeah, the pantry. And that's where Grady eventually talks to him and says, you know, you need to go fulfill your destiny and go correct your family, quote-unquote, go kill him, and I was like, oh, my gosh, and so, yeah, I, uh, completely forgot that he is let out by that point, and a lot of the parts of when the folks, a lot of the parts of, with Jack and, um, what is what is his wife's name? Uh, Wendy, sorry. Jack and Wendy when they're fighting. I think that Danny is intercut, is edited in, and he's having these, like, flashes, and he's kind of, like, foaming at the mouth and shit like that. And it might be, you know, him psychically witnessing his parents fighting, but also... But also, you know, physically witnessing his parents fighting as well. I don't know. There's there's so many different readings you can have of this uh, movie. It's 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 kind of insane. Um, but yeah, I, it definitely makes me want to go back and look at it. It ages fairly well for. I mean, the movie that it is. I mean, he, he's definitely not treating his family. You know. Right, I mean, he's trying to fucking murder them. The thing is, does it depict it in a way that makes sense? And I think it still kind of does, in a way that makes it feel like the Overlook is kind of uh, infiltrating this man's psyche. So... Yeah, if you like this uh, review of The Shining, I'm going to drop another Stanley Kubrick movie that we have already reviewed. It's not coming out until April. We wanted to do an anniversary of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, but since you're listening to The Shining review, I figured you might want a sneak peek of it. So check out the link below. You'll be able to listen to the 2001 A Space Odyssey review. Check out all the other reviews we have coming down the pipe. We already have released Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse, The Vich, Parasite, Gemini Man, Zombie Land, Double Tap, El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. We got them all coming down, as well as Dr. Sleep 2019, already released. Thank you for listening to the Out Podcast. Check out all the other podcasts. Lucky Podcast The Lucky All Podcast on SoundCloud Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch All the good stuff, all there Paypal.me slash Podcast For all donations Help us keep the lights on Help us keep us streaming Keep the streams flowing And keep the podcast glowing Please rate us five stars on iTunes To keep us High in the ratings. Thank you. I fear you and take it have ease. to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. Well, dude, uh, I killed you with Danny. You did this to me. did you? I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains.